Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. This is Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And Kim with Kim Beer Photography. And Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, we're trying something <laughs> new this morning. What, talking? <laughs> well, Kara is now the, the first person to introduce ourselves because I was tongue-tied and couldn't do it. Oh my gosh, the joys of podcasting. Which is unheard of that Kim is tongue-tied. That's absolutely a thousand percent unheard of. No, she she usually has to be the first one to open her mouth in any situation. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyway, we're off to um, a, a rough start on the show this morning, aren't we? Kim, what are we, where, get us started. Oh, so it's now back to me, huh? So yep. I, we always start with uh, what we're up to. And so I oh, think yeah. one of the reasons I'm so giddy this morning is I decided a few weeks ago to just accept the challenge is the way PPA puts it, but uh, accept the challenge of becoming a CPP, which is a certified professional photographer with PPA. And I took my exam yesterday, and I will tell you it was quite the challenge, not the exam in and of itself, but being able to get my computer equipment and mostly my internet to be able to work with the proctoring system that PPA uses. Trust me, they are thorough. I had to show the proctor underneath the table where I was taking the test. I don't know. I guess they think you might be able to read Braille under the table or something. Anywho. They take their test seriously. They take their tests very seriously. But it was quite the experience and it was very stressful. And I went into the test. I'm a good test taker, but it was a stressful experience going into the test just because of all of the technology issues. And I started two hours late, which doesn't exactly start you off on a good start. Anyway, I got the results back this morning and I passed. Yay. So now on to the technical image evaluation. Congratulations. Congrats. That's so exciting. That's We're a so big happy deal. for you. We are. Yeah. We're really proud of you. So what is the next steps for you then for that? So my next step for that is to complete a technical image evaluation, which is to take a photo that is very specifically set up. It's the same photo everybody who gets their CPP takes. And it demonstrates my ability to, I think, mostly to follow direction. It also demonstrates my ability to make a proper exposure. 
So the ultimate goal is to make the proper exposure. But there is a lot to it. There's a lot of directions to it. So it's a very interesting experiment. And I'm looking forward to getting that turned in in the next week or so so that I can hopefully complete this process. And then I have decided after this process is complete, I'm going to start working on my photography craftsman degree with PPA, which is for speaking and mentoring. So I'm super excited about that and getting started down that path. So, yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. That's so exciting. That's very cool. I'm I'm so proud of you. Aw, thank you, Phyllis. Because that's something I could probably never do. <laughs> oh, I think you could do it just fine. I do have to say, after going through all the classes, it is not the way that I typically shoot. I don't do a lot of studio work. I've always been a commercial outdoor photographer with horses, and I knew most of what was in the instruction, I felt very confident with the content. I was actually very pleased with how much I already knew and how secure I felt in my knowledge as a professional photographer. But learning a little bit more about the studio lighting scenarios and that kind of thing was very beneficial for me. And it I understand it now from a whole different level. I've done a small amount of studio photography, but it now coming into it with all of this experience as a photographer, it added a level to my understanding of that. So it was hugely beneficial in that area. And it was a treat. That's not the only thing I've done either. I've run a full-time business while studying for the CPP exam. I did most of my studying in the truck, driving back and forth from Kansas City to home. So yeah, I've been really busy editing photos from an event that all three of us went to, which is Art of the Cowgirl. So that was a lot of fun. And we had 11 fantastic students at that event. And I, I know Phyllis and Carol both talk about their perspectives from that. But it was amazing. And I, I'm always reminded how much empowerment that particular event gives to women artists. And I just think it's amazing that we get to be part of that and that our students who come to that get to have that experience in this very woman-centric event to help them improve their photography and launch their businesses if that's what they're interested in or improve their business skills and their photography skills. So yeah, who wants to talk next about their experience at Art of the Cowgirl? Well, I'll go next, I guess. I'm with you, Kim. I mean, Art of the Cowgirl is such an amazing event. If you've never been, I really think you need to take time out of your schedule and try to go next year in Queen Creek, Arizona, besides it being Arizona in the winter, you know. Horses, cowgirls, cowboys, what what better could anything be than that? But um, I think it's the our photographers ranged from beginner to advanced and that we had as students for our photography clinic. And it amazes me every year just to see the different perspective that they have on photography than I have, and which is really good for me because I learn so much from them. And I think that's one really fun part of teaching is is just what the new photographers or even older photographers that have been doing this a while can bring to a different way they look at things than I do, which is especially in an event since I don't really consider myself an event photographer. But just to find the things around the behind the scenes events and things that are going on. And I think it's really cool. I've been 
excited to see their images. And we also got some really great connections while we were there. And that's what I love about Art of the Cowgirl as well is the the new people, the uh, Western Horsemen, Cowboy Channel, just all the great new connections and fellowship and connections we've made through Art of the Cowgirl has been amazing. And I have to really, really give a shout out to Tammy and Jamie for that with Art of the Cowgirl. I'm so excited that Tammy came up with this amazing idea for this event and the fellowships that they give away for upcoming Western artists. So yes, it was great being there with you two and I loved it. And thank you to Marcy also for working in the booth and being an integral part of our success as well. Yeah, I, from the booth perspective, I, you know, I was thinking about what you were just saying, Phyllis, about the photographers and getting to see the images. And I've been watching them load their images into our Google Drive folder and been clicking through them. And from someone who spent most of the most of the event in the booth, I felt like I was getting like I was looking through and I was like, oh, gosh, that's so cool. How did I miss that? Or I wish I would have seen that because it was it's really neat to see the things that they photographed and what they captured and the things that they also Mm -hmm. thought were photo worthy. Some of the stuff, of course, is photo worthy, like the amazing artists working. And but some of the little detail scenes and the colors and the way that they compose their images, it's been really cool to see that mm-hmm. side of things. So, yeah, yeah, Marcy and I had a great time at the booth and the event was, I don't know, it was just another great year. Yeah, it really was. Other than that, I've just been super busy, like you probably both have since we got back off that trip. I'm speaking at a big, low, well, it's an Atlanta camera club. Actually, tonight is the Southeastern Photographic Society, and I'll be speaking about equine photography, and I'm judging their monthly contest, which is hair and fur. They did that Fun. just for me. <laughs> that is so awesome. So <laughs> that's, that's been an adventure, just picking winners and going through the because re- I have to review every image that was submitted. Wow. So. So that's that's been a challenge, a little bit of a challenge for me, because I've just had so much going on getting home and I've had a lot of art sales to fulfill recently. I don't know what's going on with that. Everybody's decided that they want Western art all of a sudden. And I'm very excited to have been signed by a new publisher of fine art with mostly my Western imagery. So thank you to uh, Taylor Sheridan for that, I guess, for all the Western art that people are wanting right now. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations on that, Phyllis. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. And we've all had uh, some Zoom calls with some onboarding calls with Cottonwood attendees. So I'm excited about meeting those girls. We got some really great photographers lined up so far, and I'm sure we'll get a lot more. (laughs) But to come to Cottonwood, which I'm super excited about. And then I had a couple of mentee Zoom calls this week. So I think that pretty much covers the high points. So, Kara, what have you been up to? Well, we got back and I immediately left again for a few days. I did a family trip. We went to Beach Mountain in North Carolina and did a little snow play. Fun. With Easton. Yeah, we had fun. We did all the things. We did the tubing. We did the sledding. We did the skiing. And we did the mountain coaster. So we were very busy the whole time we were there and had a great time with our friends. But I was gone for, I don't know, almost two weeks straight. So when I got back, I had a pile of boxes that my poor neighbor has been dragging into the house while we were gone. And I had this pile of boxes that are frames that need to be fitted with their imagery, albums, just tons of stuff that for client delivery. But one of the, I'll have to send you guys a picture. One of the pieces is a, it's a 60 inch on the long side frame. So the box that it came in is, I don't know, I need to measure it. It's probably like 80 inches or something crazy like that on the long side. 
So I drug it into the house and I still haven't had found a place where I can lay it down and open it because it's so big. So I may have to drag it back outside and open it up outside. But the problem is, is I've got a frame. I've got to put it together and add the hardware and get it ready to go. And then I see I do this thing and I don't know if other photographers do this where you get excited. You like to create big like I love to create large format pieces for the wall. But then I always forget about the logistics of getting it to my house and then getting it to their house. So I have to now figure out, will this even fit in my pickup truck? Or am I going to have to bring the horse trailer over to pick it up and deliver it with the horse trailer? <laughs> so I always forget about that side of it when I do these really big, big pieces. So I've had a little bit of anxiety trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. But it's still super exciting. So I just, I'm going to get that put together in the next couple of days. That begs the question as to how do non-equine photographers who don't have access to a horse trailer deliver their large format pieces? I'm pretty sure they rent vehicles. I mean, we naturally, all of us have horses. I know, right? I can use my horse trailer and... and they have to rent a U-Haul. They have a... Deliver it, but... Yeah, you have you all have to get a utility trailer and, yeah. and put your logo and everything on the side of it and all that. Yeah, well, that's where <laughs> I'm going next. I'm having a, Dress it up. a fully wrapped fast yeah. horse delivery vans coming next. Mm. So that's the plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. of course. But yeah, so I've also been putting the, I call it polishing. I've been polishing some images that are also going to be printed in large format for one of my clients that's over in the Ocala area. So I've been polishing those and sending them for final approval. And for anyone who hasn't printed really big, it's quite a process to sit there and I blow it up so big and it's like every dust spot because when they're going to be big, you don't see those dust spots until they're big. And I have been burned in the early years printing something big, getting it back. And there's like a fly near the horse's ear or something like buzzing around. And, you know, my clients pay. It's a big investment for these pieces. And I can't deliver something that's got a random gnat that hasn't been removed. So I've definitely been burned on that before. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. That's something I always tell people, like, always blow your images up 100%. Yeah. Check the edges, check every detail. And scroll through every yes. piece. Mm -hmm. And that little, you know, that clone tool and the heel tool, like, sometimes they'll get you. Like, you won't notice it on an 8x10, but if you blow that up and look at it, a lot of times you have to fix that. And um, mm -hmm. I've got a sample piece in my office right now that the reason it's a sample is because when I looked at it closely... In one of the areas, I can see a little spot that heel tool made a mistake. So, yeah, I've lost Yikes. some money making mistakes and learned my big <laughs> lessons. All right. So what are we talking about today? So, Kara, what we're going to talk about today is our nine focus points with Cowgirls with Cameras. It occurred to us when we were getting prepared for this episode that We've done a lot of talking with you guys about the events that we do. We've done a lot of talking about our experience and wisdom around some things in photography, but we haven't done a lot of talking about what Cowgirls with Cameras truly is and what we want to stay focused on with this group. And I can tell you when the three of us sat down and really decided we were going to proceed forward together with the three of us as Cowgirls with Cameras. There was a lot in how we wanted to structure the things that we do, primarily our events, because those are the things that the things that three of us absolutely love. 
but also to bring to our mentorships and also any other future endeavors. We have plans to do like a membership organization and some things around online learning as well as adding more events and more interest for people as well. So what we did is we came up with nine focus points that we want to always focus on in our interactions with the people who come into Cowgirls with Cameras. And we also want to carry these further and say that the people that we work with, the photographers that come to our events and our educational things and mentor with us, we would like for them to carry these nine focus points over if they feel aligned to do so into their own businesses. So those nine focus points are collaboration over competition, open gates to knowledge, empowerment of women photographers, fostering expansion of technical expertise and creativity to provide a safe environment in which people can learn and create, community, real-world business skills, a place where people can overcome barriers and obstacles, and then especially for our events, for people to be able to use the images that they take at the event. And we just want to break down and talk about each of these little topics and, and kind of share with you what our thoughts are industry-wide around these nine focus points that we came up with for Cowgirls with Cameras. And we'll start with collaboration over competition. So one of the reasons I feel this is so important is the majority of photographers that come to our events are women. We don't exclude men from our events, and I want to make that really clear, but we are also focused on supporting women in photography. And I know if you go to YouTube and you Google photography instruction or YouTube photography instruction or you go to a photography event that you're going to find a lot of the instructors are men. And we'll talk about that more when we get to the empowerment of women photographers piece of things. But the part that I want to bring in here is women approach learning differently than men do. And in our world, we're three women who are leading this group. And for women, collaboration is really important. Community is really important. We learn from each other and grow with each other when we collaborate. And that was one of the reasons why this is like the number one of the focus points is because we want people who come to our events and we want people who experience cowgirls with cameras to feel like they're in a collaborative environment and not in a competition environment. How do you ladies feel about this particular topic? Absolutely. When I was first starting out, this was probably one of the most challenging things for me is I was just looking for simple answers and I couldn't Google my way to them. I had a hard time finding the answers to the questions that I had. And the first time that I felt I was in a collaboration space was when I attended the Equine Photographers Network Powderhorn Ranch Women's Retreat. And it was a women-focused event. And, you know, I spent a week immersed in a community of women that were willing to open the gates and share their knowledge. And that, for me, was such an eye-opening experience that I think it set me on this path. What about you, Phyllis? Oh, I totally agree with that, that I think that I love any kind of event or organization that is women supporting women. And I think that's one reason I love Art of the Cowgirl so much. And our group too. That's mm -hmm. what that's what I 
love about cowgirls with cameras, even though we, of course, will accept men. But our main focus is is women supporting each other and pushing that communication and sharing and, and connecting. And I, it's just such a great way. It's really helped me thrive as well, not just our attendees, but myself, my personal life. I've learned so much from people that have joined us and from you two. So I think, yes, I agree with everything. And I love collaboration of any kind. And competition is almost like comparison. And we know what that does. It's the thief of joy. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Good. Somebody had to throw that quote out there. <laughs> Leave it to me. <laughs> it is. It is. And And although I will say one further thing about this, it's not that we are against competition. A little good, healthy competition is good for everybody. However, competition that gets rude and mean or is really designed to lift up the ego, so to speak, is not always the best way to approach things. That's why valuing collaboration over competition is important. The second of our focus points is open gates to our knowledge. And this one has a really personal touch for me. Like Kira just said, when you start out as a photographer in this world, a lot of times you look for help around you. And as we mentioned, sometimes that's a little bit hard to find. For me specifically, I got asked to start photographing reinings fairly early in my career, reining horses and reining horse competitions. And when I went to find out information from other photographers about how to set up strobe lights, about how to how to really, really do that somewhat complicated event photography, I was met with slammed doors. Even when I offered to pay, it was like everybody really gated that knowledge in a way that was very uncomfortable. And even if they would answer a few questions, even paid to answer questions, they didn't give me the whole picture. This is so important to me. And I know it's important to Kara and Phyllis too, that we don't gate our knowledge to our students. If you're at one of our events and you have a question, we're going to talk about it. And that's so important. What do you guys think on that? Well, I think it's interesting because I, I think it's refreshing personally. I went to an event that I paid to go to, and it was an educational photography event. And the man that was leading it would set up these shots, and he would talk a little bit about what he was doing. He would set it up. He would let each of us shoot, and then he would move the models around and do things differently, and he would only allow himself to get those shots. And he was doing this thing in a workshop, and I remember thinking, well, now I don't understand why he did that and why he moved them and why we're not allowed to shoot that too. And it's just an example of how there's educational spaces where they're still holding something back. Either they're saying, I'm going to teach you this part, but if you want to know more, you need to book a private session with me. Or I'm going to teach you this part, but if you want to know more, you've got to buy the book. Or I'm going to teach you this part, but if you want to know more, you've got to go buy this online program. That is all well and good, but that's why we have created space for open gates of knowledge at our events. So if you're in an event with us, you can pick our brain all day long for that kind of information. And we've created some incredible resources. Kim has a YouTube channel where she's putting stuff out there that's available for free. We have the podcast that we're doing, which is another way for us to try to freely share, you know, just information. What about you, Phyllis? Don't forget Phyllis's newsletter. Oh, yeah, her newsletter. 
I'm an open book as well. I mean, any questions? I, I know I remember when I first started out, I was always afraid to ask what I thought was a question that everybody else should know, but I didn't know. Oh, right. Like embarrassed to ask the question. Right. Yeah. I was embarrassed to ask. And I, I feel like that's really important that there are no what we would call stupid questions, you know, because we've all been there. We've all started out. We've been in the same situation that every one of our attendees has been in or anyone that's just beginning in their photographic journey. And I remember years ago where you would have somebody that would show you an image and then they they would start to tell you how they got there and then they would leave you hanging and go, oh, if you'd like to learn more, here you can buy my book or like you said, Kara, I mean, or or here you can buy the tutorial online or something like that. And which I understand we we're in this to make money, yeah, too. We, we have to make a living. I, I get that. But it's the teaser part of it that gets me sometimes. <laughs> But I think, yes, I do have a weekly newsletter and I share freely and I'm open to ideas for newsletters. And I try to keep blogs posts done with my newsletter sometimes, but I'm not very good at that. <laughs> but I need to I need that was one of my goals this year is to be better about about doing blogs from my newsletters, because there's so much good information in those newsletters. It, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back there because there really is. They are really good. Thank you. So I hope that everybody will sign up for my newsletter and get tips and tricks every week delivered right to their inbox. <laughs> and if all of this feels overwhelming to you to say, how am I going to get resources from these three women I'm listening to? I can tell you that if you sign up for Cowgirls with Cameras events and VIP information, you're going to get a digest every month that gives you some ways to grab on to some of this information that's out there. Definitely sign up for Phyllis's list and come to my YouTube channel, stay on top of Kara's blog. I mean, we all put out information on a regular basis. Realize we are also working photographers and occasionally are a little bit, maybe not the regular bloggers, but there's a lot of great information archived on all of our websites. And you can access any of that through cowgirlswithcameras.com or through our social channels. Kara takes care of that and she posts a lot of these resources on those channels as well. So that's a little incentive to go ahead and follow us because we do offer a lot of knowledge out there without you coming to an event. And then when you do come to an event, we're not going to gate it at the event. We will talk about the hard subjects, including pricing, how to set up your business, competition, whole nine yards. So just be aware that that's out there. And I'll put links to all of the stuff we just mentioned in the show notes for this episode. Perfect. And I would like to give a big shout out to both of you guys, Kim, for your YouTube channel. Those little videos are amazing. And Kara, our social media guru, for taking care of all that. You're doing a great job, both of you. Well, and I have some Thanks, resources Phyllis. that are coming very soon that are in the works. So they're going to be out there in the world very soon. And they'll be beautiful because Kara always does everything so perfectly. We love that. So, okay, mine's always kind of half-assed people. So if you find a typo, just know you got the information. <laughs> <laughs> so, just anyway. not spelled correctly. Just not spelled correctly. It, it was an oversight. All right. So the next one that we have, I think is probably in my personal heart of hearts, is probably one that's the most important to me in this list. And that is empowering women photographers. When I went to publish my YouTube channel to really kind of convert everything over into being doing not just business, but also incorporating the photography. 
I did a lot of research on YouTube out there to see who was teaching and what they were teaching and seeing where I could fit into that market and how could I do my videos better or more effectively for the audience that was going to be coming to watch my YouTube channel. And I was very disheartened to see very few women in that particular space. And I will tell you, the women with gray hair is even fewer than the women showing up. And women in the typically male-dominated areas like outdoor photography, that kind of thing, it's even less. So 52% of the photographers in this country are women. And that percentage is decidedly not reflected in the leadership of our photography community at large. And that's got to shift and change. And one of the ways that that happens is for women like us to step forward and say, we want to become leaders in this in this industry for women. And we want to take an approach that is complementary to women in all of our events. We want to be able to offer opportunities where we do that community learning experience and where we have the collaboration and that feeling that women get and in the way that women learn and interact with each other. So, and then to empower women to go out there and be leaders in the photography industry as well. And to not only get out there and stand up and be professionals, but also to step forward as leadership in this community. I'll let you guys give your two cents on this. I know, I know for both of you, it's a, it's something that's important. So. You know, I recently got an advertisement for a local event. And when by local, I mean the state of Florida photography conference. And I was kind of excited because it was near me. And I was like, oh, this would be an easy day trip and I could go over and enjoy this event. And when I pulled it up to look at the speakers, out of the large number of speakers, there was, I think, one woman presenter. And I emailed them because I was just so disappointed. And I told them, you know, that majority of photographers that identify as professional photographers are women. And I was surprised that their panel of speakers didn't adequately represent that, that it should represent their audience. And the response that I got back from them, which I was happy to get a response, the response that I got back to them was that they just hadn't had any women sign up to be speakers. Like they didn't answer the call to action. And I think that there's a couple things there. I think, first of all, that the photography industry in general needs to work a little harder to create space for women that they feel comfortable in and that they feel like they can be a part of. And I also think that they have to actively recruit women speakers and leaders in the industry. But I also think that as women, we sometimes can struggle more to see ourselves as experts, to see ourselves as leaders in any industry. So my thought process behind that is with Cowgirls with Cameras, the more that we can do to empower women to step into these roles, then that's what we need to be doing. Because when I go to a conference, if the conversation is on animal photography or it doesn't really matter, I want to see people that look like me and people that I don't know, just share a background like mine. I want to see that. And that, I think, is important not just for women, but for people of color, people from different backgrounds. Like, we need to see representation and we need to see more than just, I'm sorry, more than just white men as leaders in the photography industry. 
So that's where my thought process goes with this. If we can, the three of us with Cowgirls with Cameras and the community that we create together, if we can help empower and put women into spaces, that that's what we need to be doing. Exactly. I agree with all of that. I don't know what I can add. (laughs) I will say that I loved Kim's comment about the gray hair. Like you don't see on YouTube, like when you go and look at the experts there, you don't see people with a lot of people with gray hair hanging out in that space. Actually, I was I was going to make a comment about that. It's not that the gray hairs aren't there. It's just that you can't see the gray hairs all the time. (laughs) That's true. That is very true. That is very true. Yeah, maybe they just color their hair before they go onto YouTube. I don't know. They tend to be younger women. They do. They just tend to be younger. I do know that from my past experience, when I first got into photography, of course, every workshop I went to back then, we won't talk about how far back then that was, (laughs) was all led by men. I mean, women just didn't do this back then. And so I personally have seen a a big shift towards women Mm -hmm. picking up the leadership roles in photography from what it was years ago. And I appreciate that. And all, and especially in nature and wildlife photography, there's a lot of amazing, really, truly amazing professional photographers out there working for Nat Geo and, yeah. and getting, I have seen a shift in it uh, probably more than, you know, because I've been doing this for so long. But I think as far as the equine industry, yes, there are more women photographers because, you know, we all, of course, men love horses too, but we truly love horses. So, of course, we want to capture that essence as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the majority of the equine industry is female-supported, but it's another industry, again, where you see the leadership is primarily male. And I see in our equine industry more women stepping forward to be in those leadership roles, but that's another place where you look at a speaker lineup for an event you see more men than women, which is not at all representative of the equine industry at large. So, I, yeah, I just think that all of this is a very important conversation. And I just want people out there to understand we are committed to this. We are committed to being leaders in this industry and we're committed to helping foster leadership for the people that interact with our organization. The next thing on our list is to really foster the expansion of people's technical expertise and creativity. I know that for me as a photographer, when I was starting out, and and I think we've all started that sentence numerous times in this explanation. So I think what we're trying to tell you is we're making an organization here that we wished we would have had access to when we were beginning to be photographers. Technical expertise and learning to use your camera is hard. I, I mean, it's what you can point your camera at something and click a button. Yes. And a lot of people who look at photographers think that's all we do. But if you start to really get into photography, you're going to understand there's a lot more to it. And the technical piece of this is overwhelming. And it tends to be a barrier of entry to photography for some people, especially people who don't feel comfortable, like there's a good environment for them to learn these things in. And I know for myself, more than one time, I have been made to feel ignorant around other people who are photographers in different realms that maybe did things differently than I do or had more technical expertise than I had or who were more in touch with their creativity, especially in the beginning of my career. 
And so for us, we all want to be able to help you with that technical expertise and creativity. It's important for us to be able to do that. And this kind of goes hand in hand. I'm going to mention the next focus point in here. I'm going to kind of combine two because I think these two really go well together. The second part, the next focus point is to provide a safe environment in which to learn and create. And I don't think you can teach technical expertise and creativity and value it if you don't provide people a safe place to learn it and create where they can make mistakes and not feel judged. Yeah, that's such a good point, especially when you've got photographers that are, you know, they're out there and they're trying to create and they're trying to work. Sometimes we all need all of this, and I'm pointing at all of us here. We all need space to make mistakes and to ask the weird question or the what we think is the dumb question. And Phyllis will say there's no dumb questions. You know, we, we need space to be able to test things out. And so being able to create an environment to do that, that is in a that's kind of a judgment free space. We do weird things sometimes. We're laying on the ground in weird positions and we're shooting weird angles and we're using tools like Kim likes to talk about how I shoot through my little copper pipe and how silly I look while I'm doing it. I haven't worked up the courage yet to do that at an actual photo shoot that I'm being paid to do. I haven't fixed it enough yet. I haven't got it to a place where I feel like I can produce every single time. But I use that tool at our events in a space where it's safe that I can mess up a thousand images trying to figure out how to do it right, if that makes sense. And that's kind of the beauty of this section is that we can foster and share wild ideas and then troubleshoot with each other and say, dang it, I've been trying to do this for a year. Somebody tell me what I'm doing wrong. And we can be confident that no one's going to make fun of us and laugh at us. I mean, there might be a lot of joking around, but we're not going to be feeling like we're, you know, a terrible photographer because it took us a year to figure something out. Well, I know for me personally, when I first started out, I did take a, a class at a local chamber of commerce about photography and about it was all back then it was film cameras. So you had to get it right mm -hmm. or else you were weren't going to get the image. And aperture and and uh, shutter speed, just absolutely, that was so difficult for me at first. And I'm almost embarrassed to admit, but then again, not, that it took me almost a year before a light bulb went on in my head and went, oh, that's how it works. Now I get it, yeah. you know? So I think when people come and they think, and they don't understand or they get frustrated with themselves that they don't get it the first day, I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> that there's no reason to be frustrated because it takes a while. I mean, especially now, I mean, we had film speed, of course, back then, but now with ISO, it's the three working together, ISO, aperture, and shutter speed that are working together reciprocally to make your technical ability work so that you can create those artistic images. You can have that creative image or picture in your mind of what you want to create, but sometimes it takes the technical ability to bring it to light. And that's what I love about our events is that sometimes we do it over and over and over again, just so you can get it right. <laughs> I think that's what, and that's not just for our participants. Sometimes that's for us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, and this is all such an important topic. And I, I hope that everyone who comes to our events feels completely safe to ask any technical question that they need to ask. To say, I'm not feeling creative today, can you help me with that? Or, and also feels safe to really explore things that they may not be ready to try somewhere else, 
but really want an opportunity to be able to try. And we're always open to photographers, especially at events coming up and saying, there's this thing that I've always wanted to try. Do you think we could set that up at this event? I think we all personally love to have the challenge of figuring out how to make that happen for that participant. And if it's possible and would be beneficial to the group, we're always going to work really hard to make that happen. The next of our focus points is community. And this goes back to being a women-led organization. Community is incredibly important to the world, to humanity for that matter, but it is especially important to women that they have a community that they can feel free to ask questions of, that they can build relationships in that they can feel like they know and have a container inside of. And so community is really, really important. And I, I think we've all learned this from watching our events and watching the friendships grow and expand in our participants and just the people that are meeting through the various different channels that we're offering. It makes for a beautiful community. I think for me, this is Probably my favorite one, my favorite part of Cowgirls with Cameras is the community that we're growing. And and I just love the friendships that have been formed and the friendships we're forming and the, the people that we're getting to meet and the places we get to go. And it's just, I love the connections and everything about this part of our group is the community and the connections and the fellowship. And that's that's my favorite one out of all the focus points. So this one's important to me because as a photographer and as a solopreneur, a small business owner, it's very much lonely. It can be it can very much feel like you're kind of on this island by yourself and for those of us that are introverts that's not a bad thing. But there are times when you need people, you know? And so through community we can put into place we can put groups into place. We can put digital work groups into place. We can have people to bounce ideas off because you've built those relationships through the community aspect of it. So what has happened with me, I work from, you know, home, I work in my own little office, and that's a daily a daily thing that I'm alone. But because of the community aspect, I can now hop on a Zoom call and bounce ideas off of people or work side by side with someone virtually and not be as alone. So you find other ways to get your water cooler chit-chat in, if that makes sense, through community and photography. Absolutely. The next one of our focus points is to be able to offer real-world business skills. And one thing I think that we all excel at is entrepreneurism. I know that for each of us, entrepreneurial experience is really important. For me, I have a whole specialty in that. I not only work as a photographer and with other photographers, I work with businesses of all kind. And entrepreneurial strategy is incredibly important. The thing that I think that is really important for me for this particular focus point is that real world part. It's We aren't teaching business skills in the encapsulation of an academic environment. We're teaching it from the trenches of people who have been in the business of photography. All three of us have very different approaches to our businesses. We have different approaches to how we make money in photography, and we have different approaches into helping our students be able to realize their entrepreneurial success which means that people that come into Cowgirls with Cameras, into the community and into our events, 
are really offered a lot of, they're, they're offered a smorgasbord of really good information that they can take advantage of. So it's important to me that we give you the things that the hard news, as well as the good news, along with those business skills. I ditto on the part about us having three different business models, Kim, which I think is a big advantage for our group that we all have varying things that that we're strong in that that we can help others with. So I think you're an amazing, I mean, obviously you're a great speaker and your business skills are on par. I mean, you know, you're just, you're able to really help people with everything from websites to their business, uh, Kara's with her portrait sales. I mean, your whole business model is amazing. And of course, I do something totally different. So I think that's one thing, really strong point that we all bring to the table is our different business models. Well, and, and helping people kind of understand their goals, because I've sat with folks and I said, you know what, what is your goal as a photographer? Like, are you, and, and they'll tell me they want to make a little money and we'll talk about what that looks like. And I've sat with photographers that have wanted to make a full-fledged business and leave their full-time jobs. And I've sat with photographers that want to make enough money to attend events or to travel. Or I've sat with photographers that just want to make enough money to buy, upgrade their gear in the next year. And that's kind of the that beautiful piece is that when we can understand what people are, what their goals are and what they're up against, we can kind of help them get out of their way, their own way, and then put in some actual actionable steps to get themselves there to help get a little closer to that goal. So, yeah, absolutely. Yes, and, and helping them see the different revenue streams that they're able to take advantage of as photographers. It doesn't have to just be one thing. It can be, well, for me, it has to be a lot of things to make ends meet. But that's that's good, too, is to be able to show them the, the different ways they can make money in their businesses. Absolutely. Our next focus point is to help you overcome barriers and obstacles. So photography, business, creativity, stepping out into this kind of unknown world or navigating growth within the world that you're already in with your photography. Many times we meet up against barriers and obstacles that stop us in our tracks that don't allow us to move forward. A lot of times these are rooted in past trauma, limiting beliefs, or ideations that you've just simply swallowed whole rather than questioning, like you don't have value or photography isn't a real job or people are starving artists and all of those things that our culture and our families and and sometimes even our friends and personal community can kind of entrench in us. So one of the things that I have done partially because of my experience with entrepreneurs, because a lot of these same, same things trip up entrepreneurs and also creatives in general. So I have a lot of artists as clients as well. And I got a certification in Gestalt because I experienced these things. And Gestalt was the way that I found my way from one side of it to the other side of it, where I could be a lot more mindful and where I could release a lot of these things that were holding me back or that were really keeping me from achieving my goals. And the certification that I hold in Gestalt allows me to really help people get out of their own way. And it's truthfully you getting out of your own way, and I'm there to facilitate that process. 
The beautiful part of it is, is many times I'm able to do this in partnership with horses, which are, of course, our muses and our creative outlet. So it really helps with that. And Phyllis and Kara also support you in moving past those barriers and obstacles. There is no better cheerleader on this planet than Kara. And there is no sweeter Southern charm than comes from Phyllis when you're feeling down or you're just struggling with something. Yeah, yeah. She'll bless your heart all day long. Yeah, be careful when she says that. (laughs) I really mean what I say sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. But the bottom line to this is, is if you are in a place where you are struggling, we're not going to leave you behind. We're going to offer you a hand up in the best possible way for the situation that you're in so that you can get over that barrier or through that obstacle. And I have to admit, Kim, before I actually went through a a gestalt session with Eartha, I really was kind of like, oh, that's a little woo-woo for me. But now that I've been through it, I'm on board. The coolest part is that to be able to use one of my favorite subjects, which is a horse, and to feel that connection and to see how they react to you. That's what was amazing to me. I think until you've actually experienced it, there's no way to really describe it. No, there isn't. Yeah. There isn't. The, and the horses do bring this very deep level to it because there are bullshit meters, right? They're going to call us on it. <laughs> and if they see us in a vulnerable state, they're also there to support us. So it's it's two directions. They won't let us lie to ourselves. But when we do get honest and start supporting the truth, then they're all they're all up there to help us in that process and support us in a way that sometimes we're not comfortable with letting other humans support us. So it, the horse being there is is a big part of it, but it's also Gestalt can occur in different ways as well. It can occur over Zoom. It can occur without the horse being there, but the horse does actually add a, a huge level. I think it adds a, a reinforcement to the whole experience. The final focus point that we want to talk about today is that in our events, we all had a very interesting discussion when we started forming events together, the three of us. And Kara actually, Kara, who's very gifted with research, did a lot of research on what other things out there that are available to people when they take workshops. Because the workshops, we knew were the place that we wanted to start this endeavor, and they are probably the place that we concentrate the most right at the moment in building this business and this organization out. But one of the things that she found was a lot of times people will they'll host a workshop, you come into the workshop as a participant, and the images that you take there, you can't use. So they aren't able to go any further. There's no model releases or there are specific information that you you can't use this image in certain situations or you can't use the images at all, even in your portfolio. So that to me feels very sad. And if I'm going to pay for instruction and I'm going to want to learn something, I want the ability to be able to use that image. And I think it's only fair that we offer that to our participants. I totally agree, Kim. I know for me, even at this point in my career, I still like to pay to go to events. Maybe it's for a different perspective on instruction, or maybe it's just getting me to a place to photograph something that I wouldn't have access to otherwise. And that was a big turnoff for me when I would inquire about an event and then 
you know, find out that they don't offer you a model release. Like, like you can't, you know, and if I'm going to pay that much money to go to that event, then I want to maybe possibly be able to receive some revenue from it eventually by submitting to a magazine or just being able to use it for even, I don't really do stock, but somebody else might do stock imagery. And if they don't have that model release, that they don't have the opportunity to do that. So that's one thing that I really love about about our events is that we do offer those. Yeah, I think um, that the education piece is really important for what we do at some of our events. But our big thing is that we know how important it is for photographers to put their images to work. And that can mean a lot of different things to different photographers. For some photographers, they're they're strictly shooting for reference for their other artists, their other art endeavors. But we've got other photographers that want to be able to license their work and put it out into the world and do things with it. So being able to provide really great setups and places that photographers can't just walk onto, like ranches that photographers can't just walk onto and capture images or scenes like we've got the horses on the beach workshop coming up. There aren't many photographers that can photograph a horse on the beach. They just don't have access to that. So being able to set something like that up for them and then provide a release so that they can use those images out in the world is pretty powerful. And then taking that step further and, you know, they have questions. Well, how do I get my images on book covers? How do I get them in ads? I mean, we just had an incredible discussion at Art of the Cowgirl where Western Horsemen talked to us about the ins and outs of getting images into their publications. And that type of thing, being able to put them in a position to create something amazing and then actually put that image to work is something that I think is pretty incredible about our events. And I love seeing our scenes that we have helped create out in the wild. You know, like I all the time I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I recognize that image. I recognize that scene. You know, I was standing there right next to her when she created that. And it's a pretty cool, a pretty cool feeling. Definitely. We also strive to help promote our photographers. It's not necessarily a part of what we have defined to do. But when we see an opportunity and we know that there's a photographer within our community that would be a good fit for that, we have recommended photographers. We also try to share images that we see from the events, from the Cowgirls with Cameras events, or if our photographers get especially big kudos in their career, we want to celebrate that with you. And that's all part of this using your images and having a community. I mean, it kind of brings all of those focus points in there together. I hope you have enjoyed this discussion with us today and you've learned a little bit more about us in the process, what's important to us, and what what we really are going for with our events and why we're doing what we're doing out here in the world. And if you want to be part of any of this, make sure you join our VIP list on our website, cowgirlswithcameras.com. And then feel free to connect with Cowgirls with Cameras on social media, as well as us individually. I'm at Kimberly Beer in most places or Kim Beer Photography. Phyllis is at Phyllis Burchette Photo, and then Kara is at uh, Fast Horse Photography. So feel free to look us up, follow us, uh, reach out to us, DM us, you know, sign up for the things where you can get more from us, because that's what we're here to do is to provide you with some resources and opportunities that um, you may not have had otherwise. So real quick, I just want to remind folks, if you're thinking of joining us on one of our adventures, now is the time to get signed up. 
If you were thinking of joining us for Trapper's Lake Lodge event, we have a few spaces left for that. Simply registering for the event is not enough. You do need to get your deposit in ASAP in order to have your place held. We also just booked two uh, more people into the Cottonwood Ranch event, which is probably one of our biggest and most intensive in terms of education events that we do every year. So if you really want to get to catch some amazing light on a ranch with some amazing people and really get to deep dive with the three of us and a community of like-minded photographers, that event is for you. We do still have space. And once again, simply signing up, you do have to book an onboarding call for that so that we can learn a little bit more about you and make sure the event's a good fit for you. Do we have anything else we're booking in right now? What's left? We have dry heads full, horses on the beaches full. What about Art of the Cowgirl? They haven't opened registration yet. Okay, so we're still waiting on registration for that to open up. So March 15th is when the registration will open for the Montana Gathering, which is going to be in Big Timber. We don't okay. have a date yet, but we have confirmation that we're going to be able to hold a event. And I'm going to hope I say this correctly, Pahuska, Oklahoma. So that is going to be another Art of the Cowgirl gathering, which is going to be fun because that's only about four hours from my house. I'm super excited about it, but it'll be in October. But we'll have it on the website really soon with information on how it's you can register. October 13th through the 15th. Okay, there we go. And then the last uh, little piece, we have our CWC photo challenge. Thank you to everyone who's been participating. I've been going through and looking at them, and I'm just today starting to get um, last episodes. I like to wait until we accumulate a few, so I'm going to go ahead and start getting those out today. So thank you so much for sharing and participating in the challenge. This episode's challenge is share an image that you created that really challenged you. So that could be anything from a photo shoot that was really difficult for you to execute, a concept or an idea that you had to really think through. Maybe you created an image, but you wanted to do something really special with it in post. We want to see an image that challenged you. So definitely tag Cowgirls with Cameras and use hashtag CWC photo challenge and let us know how that image challenged you or how that shoot challenged you. Last but not least, if you aren't already following us online, you can find us at Cowgirls with Cameras. We are sharing a ton of information on Facebook and Instagram right now, a lot of free resources. And we're also trying to do our best to spotlight photographers that who have attended our events. So definitely hop on there and check it out. All right. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.